The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. What you have and to hold in quarantine and in health, the new vows. How is uh, your relationship holding up? Is it getting stronger? Are you seeing more cracks? I want to talk about that tonight, plus answer your questions as it is Trouble Tuesday. And uh, I am getting sex questions still, so I do want to uh, to answer some of those as well. But uh, let me start off with this. Uh, by the way, you can email me anytime to laurie at drlaurie.com, or you can text me right here, right now at 514-800. Tell me how you're doing. What are you doing to strengthen your relationship what what seems to be helping or are you afraid that your uh, relationship is going to uh, crack open let's talk about that tonight Uh, this texter writes in uh, firstly thank you for being you I just discovered your show and I absolutely love it I wanted to know if you could recommend a book with couples therapy like exercises that my husband and I can do at home since we can't afford to get therapy right now but this quarantine is making all of our problems surface Uh, and that is the crux of it right for a lot of people the relationship is in a, a pressure cooker right now and some people can do well with it and others because of issues that were pre-existing before this pandemic broke out and everything um, it's just they're becoming uh, more evident and now and then I'm speaking to other couples couples that I've been seeing in therapy for example who feel that their relationship has actually uh, gotten stronger in the face of this threat and that a lot of the stuff that they were uh, fighting about have has been put far more into perspective so I, I just want to know where you're at with that but having said that there are books that I do want to recommend it's a good time to do some reading I, there are even courses online that people can take like free courses things like that so now is a, a, a perfect opportunity uh, to use your time to grow Uh, grow as a couple, grow as an individual. So some good reading for you. These are my favorite authors in in relationship to relationship help and couples. The Five uh, Love Languages, which we've done a whole show on. Gary Chapman wrote that book. There's uh, John Gottman's work. He's a a huge um, researcher in the field of relationships and marriage. He's done some amazing, amazing work and wrote the book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. So that's another really good one. Esther Perel has written about uh, sexuality and uh, and relationships and sustaining relationships long term. The name of her book is Mating in Captivity is one that I really like. Another book is called Attached by Levine and Heller. And then Harville Hendricks is another author that has uh, done a lot of work on couples and developed a technique or a uh, an approach to uh, working with couples called Imago. So that's uh, Getting the Love you want is the name of that book so uh, all those are there if anybody wants that list written out you can email me laurie l-a-u-r-i-e at d-r-l-a-u-r-i-e and i will be happy uh, to send you 
to send you those books in in writing. 514-800 if you have any questions or anything that you want to discuss or tell me how your relationship is uh, doing. Do you find that it's getting stronger? Do you find that you're having trouble keeping it together? I want to hear from you. 514-800. This person writes, and I just started a new relationship almost nine months ago, and now she is nervous about the COVID-19 and she wants me to stay home. I live in Pancor and she lives in LaSalle. We are very serious, but for me, it's really hard not being with her. I get it. And I think that that's a sentiment that a lot of people uh, would echo, uh, especially people who don't live together, uh, who have to be apart or are with their own uh, grouping in their household, either with their parents or families or or what have you, and being able to see each other. So uh, you're going to have to find other ways to connect. And it's true, you're not going to physically be able to connect for now. at least for now, uh, so using Skype, using FaceTime, using all the technologies that we have at our disposal to hang out, like you can make dinner, she can make dinner, and then you can hang out together, you can together watch a show uh, while you're on either side of, uh, on your own devices, what have you, so there are different ways of being together, and I know it's a struggle, I, I'm not uh, denying denying that, so, but it's part of what we, there's a lot of sacrifices that we're all making. There's a lot of uh, inconveniences, if you will, for all of us uh, to some degree, but this is all part of that process. So just think if your relationship could survive this, that will be a good thing, right? Um, the, the time apart. So um, at least until further notice. Uh, Texter writes, in LaSalle is a hot spot. Best to ride it out for yourself and her. So that's from somebody, uh, one of our our texters. Uh, List likes and dislikes about each other and discuss them. Always a solution and compromises. I actually like to focus more on the likes rather than the dislikes. So focusing more on what we appreciate about each other. That's a good practice to do on a, uh, on a regular basis, actually. I've listened to your show now and then over the last two or three years, more so lately because I found it to be a source of sanity in an insane time. I'm the single mom of two great kids. My boyfriend of seven months ended it today by email, no less, because, because he has not seen me in a few weeks. He asked me to have phone sex with him, which I did, It worked for him, not for me, but he wanted to FaceTime at the same time and have me expose myself, which I am not comfortable doing. I know my teenage son does it because my daughter caught him laughing. Guess that is normal for for 17. I am protecting myself and my kids. He is still working and comes into contact with others, and he just does not see my end of it. In saying that, he has not seen his own kids by agreement with his ex. So unfair. But even my daughter told me if that is all it took, he was not for you anyway. I tend to agree. 
I've never written you before, but have sent the odd text during your show. I was on your Facebook page and saw you had a birthday Sunday. Happy belated birthday. That poem posted on your page is beautiful. I don't think that was the same poem you read on last Friday night. No, it wasn't. So if anybody's interested, the, it, it's not a, she asked, you have two poets. There's actually one passion poet, but there's an occasional poet that sends uh, short poet uh, poems to this one. The one I posted was from the passion poet. Actually, so if you're interested in reading it, you can go to my Facebook page, uh, my public page, Dr. Lori Betito, B-E-T-I-T-O, and and read it there. Uh, My daughter, 19, also listens to your show, and I can tell you that you have been a great help to both of us. My daughter, who is very attractive, is smart, and mature enough not to go out with guy or girlfriends for now. She even closed her Facebook account because of... Uh, comments. I do not plan on dating anytime soon. Just making, just going to take care of my kids. Three of us need help starting to get on each other's nerves. So yes, that's uh, getting on each other's nerves uh, is definitely something that can happen, whether it's just between couples or with your, (laughs) with your kids and, or even your teenage kids or what have you. Everybody can have a little bit of cabin fever. Thankfully, the weather is getting nicer so we can sit outside, sit on the balcony, sit on a deck, whatever it is, just to get fresh air and maybe get some alone time. Some of that is just trying to get, uh, make some space uh, for yourself. As for your boyfriend who ended it after seven months, ended it because why you wouldn't have FaceTime sex with him, you are probably better off uh, without him. So that obviously that relationship did not stand this test this pressure cooker of uh, of this pandemic more of your questions answered uh, coming up as well as discussing your relationship and has it been good for your relationship this quarantining or, or isolation or has it been really bad let me know your thoughts at 514-800 a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship it's passion with cgad 800's dr Lori batito your questions answered tonight, uh, but I also want to talk to you about your relationship. Is your relationship getting stronger under this uh, isolation, or are you noticing the cracks? And what are you doing to strengthen it? Now is not a time to neglect the relationship. It is uh, important to continue working on it in any way possible, and I'll give you some tips about that uh, coming up. Uh, Dr. Lori, a comment on the couple from Pancor and LaSalle. Whatever happened to the old-fashioned lovey-dovey one-hour-plus phone conversations before going to sleep? I'm in my late 30s and refuse to use this FaceTime or other similar ideas for anything, even in my regular life. So part of that is, yes, those phone, like going back to basics almost, right? Spending, especially if you're not living in the same household, is spend a lot of time talking, just using the phone. The uh, This generation or the millennial generation, for sure, they're texting. They're not phoning, right? And you ask a millennial, oh, did you talk to, when you say, did you talk to this person? They're like, yeah. No, they didn't talk. They texted. For them, it's the same thing. Uh, it, that's what I'm hearing anyway. So getting back to good old-fashioned, as you say, uh, talking on the phone is, uh, yes, it's a big plus. It's like getting back to letter writing, you know, the old romantic seduction letters as well. 
Uh, Texter writes in, I believe these challenging times will turn out to be revelatory in numerous ways, especially with regards to relationships where people will either be very, be more appreciative towards and connected with one another or contrarily realize they no longer resonate, thereby growing apart. Where do you fit in on, uh, on that? I'd love to know. I'll also answer your sex questions, by the way, because those uh, our sexuality doesn't stop in spite of all of this. And for, like I said on uh, with John Paul earlier, it's true for the majority of us when there's a lot of stress and anxiety, uh, sex is not the first thing on our minds. In fact, it can be the very last thing on our minds, but there are still a group of people, about 15% of people or whatever, um, handle, like to handle their stress through sex or it doesn't affect their libido. Does this, is this affecting your libido or, uh, not, or are you looking for novel ways? Are you, are you having more sex than usual during, uh, during this, the self isolation? So you would think, right, that it would be a whole lot more, but I have to tell you, I think we're going to see more, more divorces after this than babies (laughs) being made, unfortunately, unless you work on it, unless you do things and address it, uh, address it now. All right, let me get to a couple more questions here. Today, while having sex with my partner, I accidentally urinated in her mouth. This is something that has never happened before and was not intentional. Furthermore, everything I'm reading online says that something like this shouldn't be possible for men. So my question is, is this something I should be worried about? Obviously, I don't want to urinate inside my partner in the future or on her unintentionally. Lastly, I do have very good control over my ejaculations, and just prior to this happening, I had stifled an orgasm ejaculation. I'm also wondering if that might have been part of it. Any answer or information would be greatly appreciated. So let me address this for a minute. So when a man has an erection, the sphincter that is at the base of the bladder closes up so urine can't pass into the urethra. It's like a two-pronged think of two, two avenues there. So one shuts off and opens up the other one. So most men cannot urinate during sex. So I'm not sure what exactly is happening, um, except to say that there are, uh, the, the research does show that men who've had their prostates removed surgically because of prostate cancer, uh, can experience or often experience incontinence, which part of that could be incontinence during uh, sex. So, or it's leakage. You gotta now. Did you have a full-on urination, or was there just leakage during um, during the climax or right before the climax? I'm not sure, but. I think this is where you need to talk to your doctor when something like this happens that is unusual or abnormal somehow, then uh, your doctor can determine why you are uh, urinating. I just want to make sure you're sure that it wasn't an orgasm and that it was in fact a a full flow of, uh, of urine, but you're going to have to check with your doctor to look at what are some of the treatment options. Now, For any kind of incontinence, Kegel exercises are always very helpful. In fact, in men, they also help with um, erectile dysfunction. So a a Kegel exercise, for anybody who doesn't know, is basically when you uh, contract the pelvic floor muscles. So 
you can do it in any position. Uh, you should empty your bladder first, but the muscle that's involved is the one that you would use to stop the flow of urine. So if you go to the bathroom once and stop your flow, you'll know that's the muscle that you have to um, contract. So that's how you find out where those uh, muscles are. And then uh, tightening them and releasing them. So holding that muscle for five seconds, then completely relaxing them without clenching anything else. Um, that's important. You can do that like 20 of them in a row, multiple times a day, and this will help to tighten your pel pelvic floor muscles. Sometimes a treatment for incontinence is pelvic floor physiotherapy, uh, which is also very helpful for men and uh, for women. Other things you might want to try is try different positions during sex so that this uh, one that doesn't like put pressure on uh, your bladder, making sure that you empty your bladder before sex, that will also uh, help, of course. Um, limiting your, dr your drinking, obviously, you don't want to drink too much before a sexual activity, so that, that can also reduce the amount of liquid in your bladder. So those are some of the, the tips, but even with all of that, I would still want to get to the root cause. I'm all for finding the root cause of something, um, especially when it has to do with, uh, with, with your sexuality or something that, that you're not uh, used to seeing and something that is a new symptom of some sort, then uh, I would want to know what the heck is uh is going on 514-800 if you'd like to text in uh, your thoughts uh, for someone who is into water sports okay this comes from a texter it is impossible likely you were relaxed and had to go a bit many guys have to urinate after ejaculation even though you are erect and any guy knows urinating with erections Getting 50% in toilet is considered an accurate stream, LOL. <laughs> uh, that 30-something texter is a millennium boomer. Bravo to her. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's cute. All right. Another texter writes, is it healthy for a 14-year-old to watch porn? Can't it be corrupting? Mentally too much, too young? It is not healthy for a 14-year-old to watch pornography. I'm not saying that 14-year-olds don't watch because most, unfortunately, have been exposed to it. But hello, um, porn is for the 18-plus. It's very clear, uh, just like uh, if you went to a movie theater and there was movie theaters that are the, uh, PG or 18-plus or 16-plus, same thing. Does that mean that kids don't manage to get into those movies or end up seeing those movies uh, online or what have you. Yes, they do. That doesn't mean it's good for them because at 14, they still don't understand what the realities of sexuality are. And if you don't give them uh, health, like sexual health information to kind of uh, counterbalance what they're actually seeing, then all they know what sex is, is what they see. And you and I both know that what you see on porn is not the reality of how people engage in sexuality. Like 
you're seeing in a mo- in a in a porn movie you're not seeing any of the backstory you're not seeing how these people consented to it you're not seeing that they got tested before you're not seeing the negotiation of whatever it is that they're going to do all of this does happen in produced porn so you're not seeing any of that so what what do they see they they see an act they see things thinking whatever they see is what women want or how men should be, or this is how people respond, or this is how big you should be, or this is how you should look, and this is how women should look. And I mean, I can go on and on telling you how unreal uh, the, the it is. It's fantasy. It's entertainment, and it's fantasy. I'm not saying you can't learn anything from porn, but not at 14 years old when you've had zero experience with any kind of sexuality. So... Uh, the other risk too is the the risk of being becoming uh, addicted to it, like spending so much time in front of that computer and in front of pornography that when they do get into real life sexuality after years of watching, it's going to be very difficult for them, uh, for sure. Uh, when I was fourteen, it was the Sears catalog. <laughs> yes, but less corrupting because you weren't you were only seeing half-nude um, women in the Sears catalog, right? This is what it was back then. So even if you look at the magazines or you look, okay, it's a kind of a cookie-cutter version of what women should look like, like people had access to, let's say, Playboy magazine for many, many years. Uh, even that gave them an unrealistic uh, idea of what women should be. But I think in those days... Like there was, it was clear that this is the, the, the fantasy girl, right? The poor, the, the, the girl in, in Playboy was the fantasy girl. So it's not that, uh, all women, uh, look that way or should look that way. But so, yes, I can, I will tell you right now that, uh, it can be, it can be damaging. Is it necessarily damaging? No, not necessarily but also depends on what the hell they're looking at and how often are they looking. And if they're looking at it for years, are they then going to be looking for more and more extreme stuff? And so you should be either having a conversation with your 14 year old child about pornography and make them critical thinkers of what they are watching. You should actually take that like you know, put in those parental controls so that they don't have access to pornography, letting them know that this is adult behavior and adult entertainment that they should absolutely not be watching at, uh, at their age. But that's all you can do as a parent. Does that mean they're not going to accidentally see it somewhere else? Does it mean they, they won't uh, see it with their friends? Uh, we can't protect them from everything, but we can educate. We can educate and we can make them critical thinkers of, um, of what they need to, uh, of what they're watching. And that's for any kind of media literacy, but especially when it comes to porn literacy. When I was 14, this text writes, it was the scramble channels on TV that one hoped to get a split second glimpse of something. Well, a split second glimpse of a boob isn't uh, going to have the same damaging effects. That's for darn sure. So uh, more of your questions answered and let me know how your relationship is surviving the, uh, the isolation. Is your marriage surviving this coronavirus or is it 
falling apart. Let's see if we can help here, give you some tips along the way as well. You're listening to Passion right now. Let's check in with our CJD 800 Newsroom. There comes a time. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. This is Passion on CJD 800. There are people dying. Oh, and it's time to lend a hand to life. I'm going to let this play. So beautiful. And so apropos. song fitting for now I think more than ever if you look at it on uh, YouTube this is sung by a whole bunch of really of young people and it's uh, it, it warms my heart and brings tears to my eyes every time I hear it I think it's uh, we are all in this together and helping one another I think is uh, so important right now so 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 important how are you helping each other even in the same household how are couples surviving uh surviving this is your is your relationship getting stronger or is it showing the cracks what's going on 514 800 hi laura you may recall my friend contacting you yesterday for confirmation as to whether he was in the right to interrogate me on information that was none of his concern after you're having disagreed with him on the matter he texted me pretending he was actually joking, even though he wasn't, and equally had the nerve to contact my friend behind my back in order to pry. Consequently, not only do I feel betrayed, but further equally insulted by his additional dishonesty and feel a sincere apology on his part is in order. The following recent text exchange illustrate what transpired. I would appreciate your opinion in order to finally resolve this matter and put it to rest, which I don't have the text exchange, but it was something that I read uh, last night where someone, a friend was just, uh, was uh, um, basically like asking over and over again, well, who sent that text? Who sent that? And just harassing and the person did not want to respond and said, what difference does it matter? You, You don't need to know who it was. It wasn't, this wasn't the situation of, by the way, a, a relationship where, you know, potentially the person was getting a text from another woman or, or, or something like that. So, <laughs> uh, his text, okay, I listened to the podcast last night on her website. I heard what she had to say. Oh, this is him texting about me. She thinks I was getting pushy. She does not know that I was playing with you. I was pushing your buttons because I know your, uh, character. So, uh, yeah, well, I guess that's a way to save faces by saying, uh, you know, I was, I was just joking, but it's okay. You can set boundaries and say, look, I don't like to be harassed that way. Take no for an answer. End of story. And you're allowed to set those, um, those boundaries. 
Uh, you started the show saying you expected more divorce than babies. I believe we should encourage more sexual interaction between couples. After sex, I fall into a complete zone of mellow. You're right. You're 100% right. Uh, sex is good for you. Sex is con- it connects you. Uh, all that is very true. But the very first thing we have to probably do, and we talked about it last night on the show, is reducing the anxiety as well. So uh, making sure that you're able to relax your mind A relaxed mind can bring on a relaxed body. And if your mind is relaxed, you can focus on your body and you can focus on sexual sensations. And at that point you will be mellow. But if your mind is racing with uh, all kinds of uh, negative thoughts and dark thoughts and catastrophic thoughts, then it becomes uh, very, very um, difficult, clearly. So that would be one of the things that we, uh, you, you would want to, you'd want to do. Uh, my boyfriend lives in Vaudreuil and I feel since Corona, we have grown apart. We can't even travel to another district. So I feel trapped and paranoid. How can we cope the long distance? Which is kind of funny, right? When we say long distance, but it is long distance when you absolutely can't see each other. It's like you live on two different planets or two different countries or, or what have you. I'm not sure why you're feeling paranoid. Maybe that's the anxiety around catching the coronavirus. That might be where the, the paranoia is. But um, I think there's a lot of people who are feeling that same feeling of being trapped. Now, I don't know um, the situation of each person, right? So I think that matters in, in terms of getting together. As, as one, as Eric texted in saying, you probably had this question about my girlfriend and I don't live together. Are we basically not going to see each other till the pandemic is over? So that's a big question, I think. I'm not even sure I have the right answer for you. Um, we should probably get a doctor on here, a medical doctor to give us that answer. But my guess would be that if neither of you are in contact with anybody else, but that would have to be pretty strict, right? That you're not working out there, that you're not in contact with anybody that you wouldn't have been touching or you wouldn't have contracted it. Maybe you've both self-isolated for 14 days at that point, uh, could you visit each other? My guess would be that, that you, you might, but I would, uh, I would call the, the number that's offered on the Canadian website, the Canada website, the government website, just to ask that very, uh, that very question. But I would imagine mm-hmm. that if two people are isolating, uh, or have isolated and are not in contact with anybody else, that that could be a possibility. But Again, the guidelines have been like for the holidays and for Easter coming up and what have you, that everybody should remain in their own homes. Although how that is very lonely and uh, it's very, very uh, difficult. So especially for people who are not, uh, not living together. So that's a good question. We'll have to um, see if I can get a, a good answer to that one because there's a lot of people who are in relationships who are not living together and who are wondering what do we do. I still think there's a risk if one of you or both of you are out in public, like that you have that there is potential for you coming into contact with it, then you're putting each other at risk. And then whoever else you connect, connect with at risk, remember this kind of spreads that way. So you have to, um, everybody has to kind of be careful and, and be mindful of, uh, of that. 
so are single people who have a long-term monogamous partner actually following the no visiting rule? I find it not realistic to not go see each other. So that's a good question I, I want to ask other people. I know some have not, like I know of one person who is seeing her boyfriend, but neither of them have been in contact with anybody else. So um, they, the only visits they do is to each other's homes and that's it and, and have not been out in, in public. So I know that they're doing it. So what are other people doing? What have you been told? What are you, uh, what are you doing? I'd love to hear, uh, to hear your thoughts on that. Mm, other questions, uh, So another says, hi, doctor, 40 year old woman here. And my boyfriend is 19. I don't know. Did you mean to write 19? Is your boyfriend really 19? Uh, the sex and communication, not, not that there's a, it's like, and I know that was a judgy thing to say, but it's, you know, you're both, uh, adults. Uh, the sex and communication has never been better during this crisis. We are closer than ever before. Although we spoke about it, uh, this is short term. What's short term because this whole situation might not be so uh short term right uh, hi dr Laura. i'm a young woman in a long-term relationship going on four years with a man from the united states now more than ever i'm anxious about this whole pandemic because we have to be apart not sure if there are many others in my situation but it's beginning to be uh tough uh, there are plenty of people in your situation. As you can see, we already had three or four people texting in with that very same situation. And it's really hard to know what to do. I mean, in your case, you're in a long distance relationship, truly long distance where your partner lives in another country, which of course you can't travel to. And so these travel bans are uh, obviously putting uh, a stop to uh, seeing each other physically. So you're going to have to get creative. And part of that is using the telephone and using FaceTime and using Skype or using whatever technologies you have at your disposal to be able to hang out, so to speak. Like we have to find new ways of hanging out together. Uh, I know for me, my, I mean, I'm fortunate. I live with my husband, although we, I was self-isolating. He was not. So we, my, this is my last day of, of uh, self-isolation after uh, traveling, but I miss my kids. I miss my family and we've been getting together on a house party or other apps and we've been playing games and we've just been, just been hanging, like literally just hanging out while we're all, uh, while we're all on that. And it's been great. It's not the same, you know, I miss hugging my kids too. And I'm, I miss all of that. There's no question about it. But uh, at least it keeps me connected, and these are things that you can do uh, to feel connected as well. So that's, uh, that's really important. Coming up, uh, I'm going to give you some tips as to what you can do in this time, some tips for surviving this challenging time. That will come up uh, as well as uh, whatever other uh, questions that you may have. You're listening to Passion. Passion with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. 
So the texter who wrote in about uh, wanting to see uh, his or her girlfriend, I don't remember, what the, wasn't clear the gender, but uh, saying, we're not isolating completely. I still work and we both do groceries for our aging parents. Well, then you'd be taking a risk, right? If you are out there, you're working, um, and you get together with somebody, you may be asymptomatic, but passing it on. So... I don't know what to say. Like there is obviously a risk. And Dr. Laurie, how should couples stay safe while having sex? Well, again, it's about physical distancing right now, right? That's the important thing. Why is that? Because if you're in contact with other people, then you can pass it on to someone else, even unknowingly, even if you have no symptoms. So if you are together isolating, that's a different situation. But this is transmitted through, um, not through, uh, 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 bodily fluids like, uh, like, you know, gentle bodily fluids, but through saliva, yes. And particles like if, uh, heavy breathing, spitting, whatever, that, that kind of stuff coming from the mouth. So obviously there's that issue to, to worry about. Uh, you don't want that, um, anywhere near near your face so kissing is probably the most the the action that will put you most um, at risk uh, also that sometimes people don't develop symptoms at all as text writes even after 14 days so then they could transmit the virus to someone unknowingly while being asymptomatic and then the next person could get symptoms and die so keep your uh, six feet people best to stay home and that is the best advice like really it's uh it's what we should all be doing right now oh good i just called the infection protection and control canada hotline at one i'll give you the number here for people one 4397 and found out that people can transmit the virus all asymptomatic exactly of course that's precisely why everybody is saying they should stay home that is the most important thing uh another texter says i really do not think it will cause more divorces i think it will cause divorces sooner for couples that inevitably would have divorced but i think it will bring most closer together i like that sentiment actually and um, i think that maybe yes that it, it might push ahead the um like couples that were already problematic it might and now that they're kind of stuck uh together and and these issues are surfacing is maybe they'll come to that conclusion faster is now a good time to separate or divorce probably not um absolutely not so uh you might want to wait maybe find a common like a ceasefire kind of situation uh for now so what are some tips for uh for surviving this with your spouse i'll give you a few things that i think you need to focus on obviously communication is something that well it's for all relationships not just during this time but any time and it's this is key to any uh, good relationship so it's important to talk openly about how you're feeling and to listen also part of communication the biggest part is actually listening not talking 
So listen with compassion. Remember that word compassion to how your partner is feeling because you may be feeling different things. You may be coping in a very different way. It could be that your partner is seeing things very dark and you're seeing things not, it's not causing you anxiety. So you need to respond with patience and empathy and validate your partner's experience. That will make them feel heard and feel loved as well. Uh, holding regular family meetings, for example, um, you know, a lot of couples will uh, will have uh, fights over chores and and things like they'll get on each other's nerves for things not being done. That now that you're everybody's home and if you've got kids and everything like that, there's all kinds of stuff. The division of labor is going to be maybe very very different now. So it's important to set aside time so that you can uh, discuss the schedule for the week and you should have a schedule but a schedule for chores and taking care of the kids and your work schedules as well. Like get your partner to be in the know that you have X number of meetings on this day or whatever it is. Uh, it's also important to try to maintain a routine. Um, practicing gratitude. This is a big one. Talk about what you are each grateful for. Tell each other five things that you appreciate about the other keeps you connected and remembering why you fell in love in the first place. Try and reframe uh, the crisis from a burden to more of an opportunity because that's the only thing you have control over the way that you respond, right? Talked about that last night in, in quite a lot of detail. Uh, space. Space is also really important. When you're confined, and some people don't have the luxury of living in a in, in a house where there's many rooms. Some people live in a, a, a one-bedroom or a studio apartment together. So how do you do that? Taking space, because we all need space from each other. Remember that too much togetherness can also breed contempt, and we don't want to go there, all right? So uh, talk about it. See how you can each take some time. And that might mean, since you're both in the house and maybe in a small space, putting on noise-canceling headphones and sitting in a corner somewhere reading a book or, or what have you. But being able to discuss this need for space, and it's not a need to get away from a partner as much as it is a need for yourself to just... Uh, regenerate or, or or just get that a time alone. Time alone doesn't mean I don't want to be with you. It just means I want my time alone and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I would also add that you um, not put pressure on your partner for sex. And as I said earlier, many people, when they feel stressed and anxious, uh, their libido's tend to disappear or are really hard to find. So nagging your partner for sex or shaming them into having sex with you is going to ultimately backfire and cause um, more conflict. So instead, try and find and, and create a much more safe and comforting space for your partner. So spend a lot of time hugging and cuddling. Of course, this is if you're living in the same household, you're isolating together, right? This is always talking about that, not the physical distancing that you would outside of your own um, outside of your own home. Also take this opportunity to have fun. 
Like we are forgetting that we can still have fun. Get silly. Play some games. Play board games. Play naughty games. Play strip poker. Play uh, a naked twister. I don't know. Sing, dance, uh, uh do things together, cook, cook meals together, declutter together, uh, watch a funny show together, exercise together. These are some things you can do. Of course, you can do some of these things alone if you need your alone time and that's good too. But what, because we're together 24 seven, we may forget that we need to still set out some date nights. Okay. They're going to look different. You're not going to, you're not going to spend your date nights out in a restaurant or going to a movie or going to a show or anything like that, but you have to get creative and find a way to, um, to plan, uh, to plan your, uh, your date nights, whether it's playing a game or whatever it is, right. Uh, stay active. I think that's important together. You can stay active, maybe, um, go for, uh, walks together, maintaining your physical distance from other people. Of course you can join, uh, online classes. So many gyms are offering or coaches are offering free classes, live classes where you can just hop on uh, virtually and, and follow at home. No, no uh, equipment required. So that's also good. And if you find that your relationship is cracking at the seams, falling apart there, reach out because psychologists are still working in this, uh, during this time, we are all just working virtually, but we are still accessible. Uh, and so if you are interested, you can, uh, well, you can contact me and then I'll let you know where you can go or go to the, uh, order of psychologists, the Quebec order of psychologists website. Uh, and they have a listing of people who are doing therapy and some people who are doing free therapy as well. And there's also a crisis line at the Canadian mental health association that people can call. It's one 277 3553 I know it's difficult for some people because obviously with no jobs and what have you, it might seem like a, a luxury at this time, but check and see if your insurance still covers you. And this is something that you can still, um, you know, uh, have, at least it can save your relationship. So bottom line is, uh, as difficult as this time is, focus on your self care, focus on your self love and put your relationship front and center. Take this opportunity to really connect with your partner. And I guarantee you the result will be a stronger relationship together. So why don't we focus on that? All of us, right? Thank you so much for listening to the show tonight and spending your time uh, with me. Thanks to our technical producer, Dave Simon. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com, where you can also find all the podcasts. If you go to the tab, uh, Passion Radio, you'll find the podcasts of all the past shows listed on there. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, stay safe, and remember to live your life with passion.